Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Bay Area, it's time for Bay Area Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Bay Area Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get too far into things, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Leah Davis Consulting, inspiring women of color to claim their wealth legacy. Today on Bay Area Business Radio, we have Carol H. Williams with Carol H. Williams Advertising. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I am excited to talk to you. Uh, please tell us a little bit about your agency. How are you serving folks? Oh, my agency. Well, actually, I started Carol H. Williams Advertising more than 30 years ago. And when I set out to found an agency designed from the ground up to work differently, to see and seize opportunities where others did not, and to create a destination where industry-leading minds would do their best work of their careers. It was a really bold move. And now, it paid dividends, you know, <laughs> the clients and partners ever since. Well, how did you get started in advertising? Well, I started at Leo Burnett Advertising out of Chicago. I was a junior copywriter and actually was uh, in school at the time seeking a higher degree. And I uh, took an internship, a summer internship, as I can remember, at Leo Burnett. And while I was in that internship, I wrote a campaign which was called Nothing's Quite as Good as Biscuits in the Morning. It's Pillsbury's Best Time of Day. The name of the line of biscuits was Pillsbury's Best. And the agency bought the campaign and took it to the client, and the client bought it. And uh, that was the beginning of my career. It opened the door. And then later on, I did more campaigns for Pillsbury and then did... uh, campaign for P&G for secret antiperspirant called Strong Enough for a Man but Made for a Woman for Secret Antiperspirant. And what can I say? It just kept going. Now, what did you like about the advertising industry? What is not to like about it, it's, 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 it uses your intellect. It's strategic. It has a piece of it that's uh, really very science-based, and then another piece of it that is uh, totally creative and artistry. And the combination of those two things and being able to put images on the air that uh, people reacted to, they would smile, they felt a little love, felt some warmth, great, embraced their kids or their husbands every now and then from what empathy you imparted there infused into their houses, encouraged them to eat and to be active and lead a happy and healthy lifestyle and seek better outcomes for themselves. I enjoyed that immensely. I enjoyed speaking to people through that vehicle and imparting ideas that they would then uh, integrate into their lifestyles. Now, um, as you mentioned, you've been in advertising for a minute. Um, how have you seen the kind of the fragmentation of the media and the uh, kind of the dilution of the opportunities to advertise and market to and speak to as many kind of in a mass manner and, and everything is kind of getting 
granular in terms of niche? Well, the advertising industry in terms of media has tremendously changed. Uh, it has it has grown through different uh, stages because you know you have to remember in retrospection it began with about three when it really got big with three stations ABC NBC and CBS and uh, the number of uh, vehicles by which what happens in terms of what happens in terms of the segmentation of radio, uh, the loss of voice in terms of print, and then the huge onslaught of digital and the fragmentation there and people going off in separate groups and how you reach them and what information they look at and how they look at it has hugely involved and changed. And it's created such a chasm in many, many ways that you can't even compare it to yesterday and what those objectives are as they are laid out. So as a as a as a point, it's and you know, advertisers do not have a consistent or divine process uh, or detailed set of uh, uh, performance expectations for their media roster of agencies. This is a huge issue that sometimes hurts their business and especially their multicultural agencies. Now, does it affect kind of the tactics that you use because the um, the audience is so fragmented and siloed that you have to use different tactics that maybe you used back in the day or the same tactics and, um, you know, styles of persuasion? Are they similar today as they were in the past? No, they're quite different the way you think about them because the audience on any level is not a monolithic audience. You can't speak to it in one voice. You have segmentation everywhere and people work in different cultural groups, as you will. So consequently, depending on not not just the age, the sex, but the the dollars in which are demanded, how many children you have, where the household are, uh, how that household is run, who's running that household. There are a multiplicity of issues that drive where, who you're talking to and where those media dollars go. So now um, if you were getting in the industry today, what advice would you give yourself? Be myself. <laughs> the most important thing that you could ever say to yourself, you have to keep your eyes on your goals that you're trying to com- uh, accomplish and recognize as you're moving through working in this world that, uh, uh, that your, your, your peers are coming from a lot of different places and have a lot of different experiences and a lot of different beliefs. So it doesn't matter what you may think or say sometime. The only thing that matters uh, is what they understand. And so you're competing in a world uh, of an ever-expanding choice and distraction. And 
you've got to encode these ideas and possibilities that just aren't based on the needs of the brand, but understanding who these people are and what they care about and what you need and how you need to say it by talking to them. Because in advertising, you live and compete to win the hearts, guts, and minds of people at an interesting time. And the world is changing quickly. Now, do you find that young people, especially that you're um, working with, do they have that empathy gene? You try. You try even if, you know, I don't know that you can be successful. You may be able to be successful talking to a single group of people. But if you don't have that empathy gene, if you don't know how to win with empathy, I don't know how you win. Because you have to, you're talking to a lot of different people at different times, and you're servicing a lot of different clients at different times. You know, it's like one time I worked with I worked on U.S. Army. We were very successful on U.S. Army, but the target we went after on U.S. Army was very negative on the Army. So trying to uh, speak to them and turn them around means first understanding their feelings, how they, what the issues are with them. And then you have to really address it in a way in which it it, it, it reaches them. You know, it's not generalized. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Now, um, for agencies like yourself, how do you go about training that in in your young folks? It's, it's called working with them. It's called mentoring them. And the same thing you do out there is called having empathy. It's called not isolating them. It's called bringing them together in a group and letting them know that they and the way they think and the way they operate is valued. And it's not judging them because they have, they come from many, many different values, backgrounds and values. And so consequently, it's about whether or not you have the talent. And it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. And it's not delivering generic transit translations. It really is taking the time to know who they are and giving them what they need to grow giving them uh, what they need to have success as in, in individuals and, and status. It's, the, it's uh, status, it's certainty, it's relatedness, and it's fairness, really. Now, you mentioned the importance of mentorship. Um, who were the influences that you had in the early part of your career? Oh, my God. Well, my primary mentors were my mother and father, of course. Uh, they are the ones that gave me my values, um, my understanding, my culture, and my ethnicity, which is a shaping force in your life. Um, it's very important to understand who you are. Uh, a lot of times we become victims because we get inside these environments and we change. Of course, you're going to change in terms of your learning, but not in terms of who you are as a person and what your values are. I mean, with me, I never had a problem with who I am as a black female. 
And when Leo Burnett hired me, I was a black female. And when I went through this advertising, I was a black female and stayed that way. And uh, I spoke as such, I thought as such, and uh, and been successful as such. Well, how has the um, advertising community changed since uh, Carol H. William Advertising landed in the Bay Area? <laughs> I don't know that it has has changed. It's still rough. It's still strategic. It's still trying. It's still about power. It's about winning, but it's about brilliance in terms of platforms you lay down. Lay down. I see some clients are, you know, they're not quite as strategic as other clients, but for the most part, clients who stay in the forefront and who are leaders in the industry are very strategic about how they address their audiences. So who's the ideal client for you? What's a good fit for your agency? All my clients are ideal clients for me because I don't take them on unless I, I'm a compatible fit. Uh, I, 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 I'm not about failing. So it's very important for you to take it, no matter what the money that's being asked, to take a close look at what the problem they're asking you to solve and who they are as a company. Um, and whether you can integrate it and be a compatible fit, because there's nothing worse than having a bad client that you are not compatible with and you don't understand their language, then you that's a scenario for failure. But are you industry agnostic? Are you mostly consumer goods? Are you B2B, B2C? I'll do all that if I like it. <laughs> So clients have come to me with B2B, mostly B2C, but I have done B2B. I love B2C. And what's the problem they're trying to solve where you're the right solution? Well, any problem that they're trying to solve, I can't lump them all together. They have different, they have different problems. For instance, we just finished on the U.S. Census, and the problem with the U.S. Census was to encourage the multicultural audience to fill out the census. Very difficult problem because a lot of multicultural communities don't see the value in it and uh, don't understand it and, and that kind of stuff. The problem we have right now that we are confronting on a continuous basis is the vaccine problem. There's a lot of communities, uh, people of color, uh, because of old history, um, things like the Tuskegee experiment or whatever. So they, they, they distrust the government and the quickness in which uh, uh, this vaccine was uh, formed. And so, um, so consequently working on educating and trying to get people of color to understand the brilliance of the vaccine, how it was formed this quick, and that the world has advanced way beyond penicillin days. So that's not the way we're processing anymore. And so, you know, it's like, the, like what happens when 
the spaceship takes off. You're in the technology age, and that allows you to do things much smarter and much faster. So when a company hires you to kind of build trust uh, to a group that maybe historically has some skepticism, how do you go about that? Is there kind of a some fundamentals when you're doing something, that kind of work? Oh, absolutely. First, you got to find out what the skepticism is, where it comes from, how long it's been there, how deep is it before you can develop a platform or a strategic narrative uh, that allows you to uh, impact and turn it. Uh, Narratives are what we're all about. It's really is what we live by. It embeds our lives and 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 it's like it's like at the most profound level, narratives or the correct one helps to ignite and nurture passions within in us. They help us to imagine new possibilities, develop confidences that we can act to create those possibilities and motivate us to overcome any obstacle that we face in achieving those possibilities. So um, to connect effectively with any audience, there is a need for fresh narratives. Now, you mentioned that advertising is kind of art and science. Is there any campaign uh, that you have done in your career that you felt had the most impact Well, I've done a lot of campaigns, and I can't say that I can't talk about having the most impact, but there are campaigns that I've done that have had huge impact, and campaigns such as the secret anti-personment, strong enough for a man, made for a woman, that turned the market around in six months and made secret the number one antiperspirant in the world. And it's been there ever since. There's a campaign of I worked on for PNG, uh, My Black is Beautiful. And uh, what that campaign did for the self-esteem of black women and for those products is, is unimaginable. It was great. Or the campaign I did for the United States Army when, uh, when uh, it's a recruitment for the the target they went after was almost down to 12%. And the campaign turned that around and drove that recruitment up to 20-some percent. So in a tough time and in a tough environment, and we can talk about other things, but uh, yeah, that's it. What can I tell you? So what's next for you and your team? Well, I'd like to go to bed, not with them, I'd like to get some sleep. And then after that, I'll start on my book. I need to do a book. I know that. I keep being told that, that the business is so robust and whatever, it kind of gets in the way. But um, but I will get it done. And I think it's, it's time for it. Because just what you're talking about uh, now and how you manage corporate America, how you win inside corporate America, how you have fun in corporate America, how you grow in corporate America, I think for uh, people of color is very warranted. So if somebody people could use it too, but it's primary focus on people of color. 
So if somebody wanted to learn more about your services, what is the website where people can uh, connect with you or somebody on your team? I think it's www.carolhwilliams.com. That is what I got. Well, Carol, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Bay Area Business Radio. 